Welcome to the Imposter Syndrome Terminator Podcast. My name is Ines Padar, and I'm a spiritual mindset and business coach. The goal of this podcast is to help you use the full power of your subconscious mind to ditch imposter syndrome, raise your vibration, unlock the doors to abundance, and grow a low-stress and high-income business. So let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of the Imposter Syndrome Terminator Podcast. Now, this is going to be a two-part Um, episode where we are going to talk about what imposter syndrome is and concretely what are the typical signs of imposter syndrome, um, how it affects us in business, why we care, and in part two, how we can overcome it. Now, it's super important to become aware of the different ways that imposter syndrome might or might not be affecting you in different areas of your life and business because once you can spot those pattern and become aware of some of the typical things that many people experience instead of living them and taking fears or doubts as facts you can actually recognize it and recognize them for what they are which is merely symptoms of imposter syndrome that are very common with many people including myself in the past and still to this date because new level new devil right and once you can spot those specific patterns they instantly lose some of their power over you because instead of feeling that your feelings are facts for example feeling like a fraud and then feeling that you are actually a fraud you know that they will just be manifestation of an underlying issue but not the truth so let's uh, hop right into it now imposter syndrome is a pretty wide term to describe many different things but in a nutshell it is persistently feeling like a fraud or feeling like an imposter among quote-unquote real deal people or quote-unquote people who actually know what they are doing. That's one of the most typical signs um, of how we can recognize it. It's also doubting ourselves and our competence despite our achievements and overweighing perceived failures or setbacks. So knowing that we have achieved many things, maybe other people around you are very proud of you or do think that your achievements are a big deal, but the only person not seeing it in that way is yourself, or you tend to underweigh achievements and overweigh perceived setbacks or things that didn't quite go as planned. And usually any sentence that starts with who am I to is a sign of imposter syndrome. So for example, who am I to be charging amount X when I just started my business three months ago? Or who am I to have a one-on-one three-month program when other people in the same niche only do four-week programs or one-year programs? Or who am I to have so many followers on Instagram when I wake up many mornings not having a clue what I'm doing? Or who am I to host a masterclass and sell a program, etc., etc., etc. And it can manifest at different stages of your business, whether you just started your online business or got hired in a job, it's kind of similar, or whether you've been in the game for a while, whether you make no money or whether you're making millions a year. Imposter syndrome just has a way 
to come back <laughs> at different levels uh, with different manifestations. So very often when we are in the earlier stages of our business, maybe we've already have clients, maybe not. Imposter syndrome will typically show up as who am I to be talking about this topic? There are so many experts in the field who know more than me. Why would anyone listen to me, etc., etc.? Or who would ever pay me? for my services when they could go to other people or who am I to be even selling a program on this um, despite the fact that I don't know everything I could be knowing on the topic uh, and more and at later stages of the business once we've had clients once we've seen that they are getting results which is amazing usually some of these earlier concerns or earlier manifestations of imposter syndrome tends to fade away a bit because we know that people are getting results that they're actually happy with the program but different forms of imposter syndrome can pop up like um, who am I to be making you know I don't know, 10, 20, 30,000 dollars a month. Uh, no one in my family has ever done this. I'm a fraud. Maybe it's just temporary. It won't last. Or feeling that our success was only thanks to your coach. So not really embracing our achievements, not really recognize recognizing what we have done but feeling that we are a fraud that the only reason why we got there is because we got external support which of course you know coaches contribute to our success but the reason you're successful is you my dear not anybody else and um, other forms of imposter syndrome can be who am I, you know, to be successful or to have this many followers or podcast listeners or selling that many programs, especially if we still have this underlying feeling of not feeling good enough or feeling that we haven't worked hard enough or that, you know, maybe you had a habit of meditating on a daily basis or doing some sort of inner work on a daily basis. You kind of fell off the train, but despite not doing the things you know you should be doing, it still worked and that's something I experienced and I beat myself up so for so so much where I had a phase last year um, and until the beginning of this year which I know why now but I wasn't meditating as much as I used to and that's one of the, you know the it's one of the flip sides of all of the, the inner work and the energetic work that we do sometimes we feel that we are obliged to constantly be bettering ourselves, constantly be meditating or doing EFT or journaling or listening to hypnosis or doing basically anything that has helped us in the past or that we know could help us right now. So we feel this sense of like obligation or moral obligation to continue to do the things that worked for us in the past and if we don't do the things we kind of feel guilty or we feel like a fraud or we feel that we are telling people to do some things that we're not doing ourselves which can which can also trigger imposter syndrome or wondering why the hell we've been that successful even though we haven't done the things that we know we could have done, etc., etc. So all of those are manifestations of imposter syndrome. And we are going to be talking about some of the typical signs of how it shows up in business. So the most common one is feeling like a fraud among the real deal people. So this can happen as much in an office uh, as it can happen in business when we look around at peers or colleagues, or, you know, other people who have a similar niche, uh, niche to ours. Um, typically, if you 
are employed, the way that that is going to show up is that you feel that your colleagues are are more competent than you, that you don't really belong there, or that it's just a matter of time before they fire you, or they found, find out that you're not as good as they thought you were, and fire you. Now, that never happens, but that is a very real and strong feeling, especially, but not only present in the tech industry, or in any industry where you feel the market is really competitive or industry that is moving very fast and you might feel that your knowledge is not up to date or that other people know more than you, whether that's right or wrong. Another very common manifestation of imposter syndrome and how it show ups, shows up in business or in our job is feeling very uncomfortable um, about asking being paid what we want to be paid. So whether you are employed and you feel that your salary is not what it should be, uh, either you're not going to ask for a promotion or you don't even feel that you deserve a promotion or deserve to be paid more because your mind will come up with stuff like, well, those colleagues know, know more or they have more experience or they have more knowledge. So actually, I don't have that and I don't deserve to be paid more, which is very often not true. And in business, it's going to show up as undercharging. So you want to price, you know, a program or a course or whatever you're selling at amount X, whatever that amount might be. And that's, that is what feels good to you. Maybe that is kind of the benchmark in your industry or not, because that really doesn't matter. And even though you want to be charging that, you can't. You can't. You feel that it's not possible or that no one would pay you if you did charge that amount or you feel that it's not legitimate for you to be charging that amount, that you are a fraud, that before you get certification XYZ or before you get more experience or work with more people, that you can't charge that amount that actually feels good to you. So that is very common with imposter syndrome. Um, another one is lack of trust or self-belief, which makes us overthink and procrastinate. So you can see other people around you, just for this ex the purpose of this example, posting content on their platforms. And you want to be posting content too, but it feels icky or you just don't really know what to say or you feel, what's the point? Other people would say it better anyways or what's the point? Because there is so much I don't know about my topic that I don't really feel comfortable actually talking about this. Or maybe feeling that uh, either family members or friends or old high school friends or acquaintances or people that follow you on social media would think stuff like, oh my god, like, look at what he or she posted, who do you, who does she think she is, etc, etc. Uh, so that can cause us to overthink, to procrastinate, to delay taking the action we need to take for our business. Uh, aspect number four is obviously visibility, so very similar to what we just talked about, and the fear of judgment or the fear that other people will think that you think that you are someone that you're not, right? So how common is it, especially when we are not used to posting on social media that much, it usually kind of solve itself, solves itself as we gain more experience. But we think, oh my God, if I post on, I don't know, gut health, let's say you, you are an IBS coach and you want to post about gut health, you are afraid that other people will think 
that you think that you are an ultimate expert and thus you give yourself the right to post on this sophisticated topic. Well, (laughs) other people usually don't care, right? Or they're just glad you posted that content because it's of value to them. But we are sometimes afraid that people will perceive us to be a different person than who we are, which can really hold us back. Or just, you know, basic fear of judgment, fear that people will either laugh at our content or that we will have trolls talking shit or commenting mean stuff or that we just aren't legitimate in posting whatever it is we want to post because the only thing we keep seeing everywhere around us is people who've been in the game longer who've done this for a gazillion years or who have more diplomas etc etc the visibility part is a tough one for everyone It can sometimes get worse if you trained or you studied a specific, uh, in a specific field or topic and you later choose to change careers or start your online business in a field that is unrelated to what you initially studied uh, earlier on. So many people, uh, you know, in my audience or in my client base are hypnotherapists um, because obviously we kind of all train together. We all know each other. Um, And let's say that maybe just like me, someone used to be an accountant or a lawyer or a school teacher or, you know, a hairdresser, it doesn't matter, it can be so many walks of life, and now suddenly suddenly you're doing hypnotherapy, which is not what you initially did for many, many years, and we feel like a massive fraud, because, yeah, it's just not aligned with who we used to be, and because it's new and unfamiliar, we feel that we're not at our place. Another one is um, not feeling qualified enough yet, so kind of waiting for the time that we know enough or that we feel that we know enough. The tricky part with this is twofold. Number one, the more you know, the more you know that you don't know, right? So who hasn't become passionate about a topic? Probably the field that you are you know, serving clients or aspire to serve clients right now. And that happened to me. I trained in hypnotherapy. I trained in EFT. And then you start reading a book on advanced deepening techniques and hypnotherapy and NLP and advanced techniques and NLP. And the more you read, the more you realize that there is like an ocean of knowledge out there and you have just kind of dipped your foot into the water, but there is so much that we don't know, and that can become extremely overwhelming. We can become knowledgeaholics or bookaholics and always trying to further our knowledge, and we start running all of these horror movies in our mind of that one client that is going to ask for that super specific thing that we have no clue about, And that can stop us for a very long time, feeling like we don't have enough knowledge. And the tricky thing with that is that even when you read more or you get an extra certification, the feeling that you still don't have enough knowledge never really goes away. And the other aspect of the feeling you're not qualified enough or don't know enough is that usually... um, in your field, you kind of see other people in a similar field because maybe you've trained with them, maybe you studied with them, maybe you worked with them. So you're basically hanging out with this tight, small group of people 
who know similar things to you. Maybe they know a bit more, maybe they know a bit less. So you're comparing yourself to these people. And I've been guilty of that for sure in my university years. And we kind of feel like the dumbest person in the room. So we see all of these flaws in our knowledge or our experience and everything that these people have more. And we basically compute or assess our expertise or competence based on this unrepresentative small group of peers that we tend to spend a lot of time with, completely dismissing the seven point nine billion other people on the planet who are actually fucking clueless about your topic so when i studied accounting and finance you would always have like you know these people who just are passionate about the topic who know so much more um and naturally i felt like compared to most people i knew maybe just as much if not less than them so obviously my thought is well who am i to tell anyone anything about accounting or finance because obviously everyone already knows about this and they probably know more. What I didn't realize is that if I talk about any aspect of accounting and finance with my friends, uh, my childhood friends and not my university friends, they have no idea what I'm talking about. So for them, the content that I could share about, you know, mortgages or financial products would be very valuable and they would be learning a lot. But my university peers would not be learning much because they already know. And this is something we can't forget when we go out there or when we want to sell services or post on social media. We are convinced that because we've been hanging out with a bunch of nutritionists or financial advisors or hypnotherapists or whatever it is you trained in, you feel that your stuff is common knowledge, right? That it's kind of duh, that everyone knows what you know. That is not true. Your peers will know, maybe they will know more than you. And that's fine because they are not your ideal client. Your ideal client is someone who doesn't know. So let's keep that in mind. And last but not least, similar, same, same, but different. Feeling that we need more diplomas, more training to feel ready And that is a very slippery slope. I've had clients with PhDs, clients uh, very high up um, in top management positions in companies that still feel inadequate, still feel that they don't know enough. And clients who've spent multiple five-figure amounts, so 10, 20, $30,000 on certifications, accreditation programs, Uh, you know, this coaching, that coaching, and who still don't feel that they know enough. And the reason for that is that imposter syndrome is deeply rooted into, I am not good enough, right? We got the message as children that we were not good enough for various reasons that we can discuss um, in another podcast episode. And as long as we don't feel good enough, and side note, Everyone feels that way to some greater or lesser extent um, in some or more areas of their lives. But as long as the underlying root cause of I'm not good enough is very present, no amount of external achievements, diploma, certification can ever alleviate that feeling on the long term. So maybe, you know, I just got my EFT certification. Now I'm feeling fucking good for two weeks until... I feel I don't know enough and I'm looking for the next certification again. 
Another thing that will probably happen when we have imposter syndrome is poor boundaries. Because since we feel either inadequate or like a fraud or not legitimate or that we don't know enough, it's going to be pretty tough to keep boundaries, whether that's boundaries with our time or boundaries with our prices when it comes to clients. So if we are a bit wobbly in our confidence or self-worth or the knowledge we think we are missing... If a client comes or a potential client reaches out and starts to ask for a discount, it's going to be much harder to stick to a price if we feel that they might have a point or we don't feel legitimate, right? We will be more compelled or feel that it's a moral obligation to discount or charge less because there is this I'm not good enough thing. So it's really difficult to respect boundaries. Even if we tell ourselves, I will not give a discount, I will not settle for less, it actually becomes really hard to fight against it because of imposter syndrome. Or maybe we feel the urge or the need or the moral obligation once again to answer emails, you know, after office hours or on the weekends, because again, we are afraid that our program is not going to be good enough or that we're not good enough as a service provider or a coach. So when a client kind of demands things, we tend to cross our own boundaries or do stuff that we don't really want to be doing, which can lead to resentment or repelling clients or repelling potential clients eventually because they drain our energy. And the more we feel inadequate, the more we feel like a fraud, the more we tend to attract people who are going to push those buttons or who are going to ask for a discount or question our qualifications or knowledge or competences. So that's why it is so important to smash imposter syndrome in the face (laughs) before it interferes too much with us. It's also important to acknowledge that everyone has imposter syndrome, even top CEOs. There's a very interesting TED talk that I highly encourage you to Google. I think you can just search like imposter syndrome TED talk and you should be able to find it. And it's this CEO of this Australian tech company who basically says that his whole career he felt like like his achievements were not legitimate and he was wondering how he even got to this CEO CEO position and then he talked with other CEOs and they all felt the same. So it's something that tends to stick for a long time because I think we all have a part of I'm not good enough and as we evolve in our journey, as our souls move on into the state of consciousness on planet earth, new level, new devils or you know as we become more aware of what is going on inside of us, we also uncover new layers of stuff that needs to be let go of or healed. So it never completely goes away, but you don't need it to completely go away in order to be successful, reach some of your goals, or sell your programs. So in the next episode, we'll be talking about the formula to conquer imposter syndrome Um, so it doesn't defeat us in the goals we have. So I hope that this was very useful to you and I will be hosting a workshop uh, in about two to three weeks that will be all about conquering imposter syndrome. It will include many different modalities like hypnosis, EFT, timeline therapy, NLP, workbooks and exercises that will basically be a 
two to three day intense boot camp style workshop to just smash any trace of I'm not good enough or I don't know enough out of your system. So after that workshop, you can go out there and be the queen that you already are. Charge whatever the fuck you want to charge, do that Facebook live, post what you want to post without being afraid of people judging you and having overall way more confidence um, and seeing yourself for the amazing person you are so you can go out there and do what you want to do without imposter syndrome interfering with the process. So more information about that soon um, and I wish you an amazing day. See you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's podcast. Now, if you want to experience the full power of your subconscious mind to manifest more abundance and more clients towards you while you sleep, I've got a gift for you. The Abundance Hypnosis Recording. It will help you let go of imposter syndrome and money blocks directly at the subconscious level and rewire your mind to energetically attract and manifest more abundance and clients. This recording has already helped thousands of women let go of deep-seated limiting beliefs and negative blueprints they didn't even know they had. And all you have to do is go to inespadar.ch slash abundance recording in one word. And of course, all of this is in the show notes. So see you next time on the Imposter Syndrome Terminator podcast.